Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. Welcome to the Discerning Gamer Podcast. Your premium destination for all things gaming culture. We have the latest in gaming news, reviews of the hottest new games, discussion and analysis of the games of yesteryear. When you're short on time and need your gaming fix, look no further than the crew who know their master chief from their master sword. I love Halo. Your hosts, Joel, Simon, Casey, and Ferg. So toss a coin to your Witcher and answer that call of duty. It's time to level up. This is the Discerning Gamer Podcast. Yes, hurling our kunai rope dart at our enemies, yelling, get over here, pulling them to us, removing our mask and immolating them with our fire breath. This is the Discerning Gamer Podcast. I am your host, Joel JB Fury Beauchesne. And with us this week, as always, are the DG crew, starting with the PC Gamer, the Sultan of Steam, with over 100 systems and over 1,000 planets to explore in Bethesda's Starfield. Imagine how many bobby pins he's going to need. It's <laughs> Fergus Fergamon Hamilton. Welcome to the show, Fergus. Uh. <laughs> <Bye>. <laughs> Oh, yes, I cannot that wait. That stressed me out a lot because that's my ringtone. So I was like, someone ringing me? Someone ringing me? I haven't heard it for I don't know, years. Oh, man. JB, I can't wait to uh, scrounge a thousand planets for bottle caps in the uh, next Bethesda installment. Uh, great to be here. I'm fired up this week, JB. You may or may not have realised, and C-Mac and Steely as well, that this is an anniversary edition of The Discerning Gamer. Woo! We're bloody... Oh, yeah. Wow. Nearly 12, nearly a year ago to the date, to the day we did our first episode. So look at us go. It was a bit of audio there from our listener party uh, at the the one year anniversary. Yes. Yes. We've been assaulting your ears for a full 12 months now. So congratulations, listeners. Uh, Also with us uh, this week, we've got uh, the gaming chef, the Earl of Emotional Damage, Uh, much like the new game. Chia coming to uh, PS Plus, he can also soul jump into objects or animals and spends most of his time as a naked mole rat. Uh, he's the only member of the DG crew with an insanely high power level. Tell me what his power level is! It's over 9,000! It's Simon Steely McLaughlin. Welcome to the show, Steely. Wow. Yeah, thank you so much, JB. I feel like I had a, a longer intro than the show. Maybe, maybe, I don't know, but it was fantastic. And I'm so excited to be here. One year, everyone, one whole year of asking all of you if you've seen something and if you've heard about it, knowing full well that you all know what I'm about to talk about before a show happens. So, <laughs> what a fucking joke that is. But I, I love it. Fucking so happy to be here, and I can't wait to say it again tonight. I'm frothing at the cock for this. Simon, oh boy! Finally with us. <laughs> the Nintendo Queen. Yeah. 
she would like you to please leave your local public park so she can play her Pokemon Go in peace with 50,000 other Niantic fans. It's none other than Pistol Pete herself, Casey C. Mac McLaughlin. Welcome to the show, C. Mac. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Uh, well, great to be here. Great to be here. Oh, absolutely. Months. 12 months. I tell you what, it, it, yeah, it feels like it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's, been, it's been good. Oh. Yeah. oh, dear. Have we got off to a good start? It's actually been 12 months. Like, honestly, when you think about it, I, I, I feel like we were just discussing this only a couple weeks ago. I feel like it was, are... yeah, I feel like it was only. Uh, maybe a couple of days ago, J- days JB comes up to me in the kitchen at the middle of one of my boys' birthday parties and says, oh, I was thinking of doing a gaming podcast. And fuck, wow, what a good time we've been having doing <laughs> this, guys. It's just absolutely fucking licked. And I oh, love wow, it, so. lots of Fs. Oh, Fs. I'm allowed to. <laughs> it's, been a, it's been, yeah, a lot of fun. It feels like. It hasn't been 12 months, but then if you go back and look at no. the content we were talking about 12 months ago, you're like, oh, yeah, it's been 12 months. Mm. I think in the first episode, <laughs> we might have talked about Horizon Forbidden Horizon West, Forbidden West yeah. and maybe Cyberpunk um, remastering. So that seems like a lifetime ago. It certainly oh. does. And uh, in preparation for tonight's episode, I reached out to former President of the United States, uh, Donald Trump. <laughs> And asked him uh, what his thoughts were on the fact that the Descending Gamer podcast has now run for a full 12 months. And uh, here's what he had to say. I'm going to come. <laughs> Excited. Uh. Oh, I'm mm. so confused. That is just, that's Arnold Schwarzenegger. I don't know how you don't know that, Joey. He, uh, yeah. he also happened to have yeah. a, a crowd with him at the time, uh, which was... Uh, Interesting, but mm-hmm. yeah, and be doing his best Arnie impersonation. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, Simo. I think that, I think that is not Donald Arnold Trump. Schwarzen- he's that's... saying that's Arnold Schwarzenegger, not Donald Trump. Well, he's wrong. It's definitely <laughs> Donald Trump. So play it again. No, it's definitely Donald <laughs> Trump. Come. Yeah, that's not Donald. That's not um Arnold Schwarzenegger. I've gone a full fucking year. Oh. <laughs> I'm with Steely. Thinking that that is Arnold Schwarzenegger doing that. Well, the, that's what I've thought as well. So if it's definitely Donald Trump, then I'm mistaken. The the sound effect is literally labelled Trump. I'm gonna come. That's what it, <laughs> that's what I downloaded it as. So it is definitely Trump. Must be true. Oh, there you go. Um, that's just seriously fucked up. But uh, I'm, I'm never gonna hear that ever again the same way. Just for the benefit okay. of our listeners, uh, Steely. Uh, how would it sound if it was Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah, doing that soundbite? Oh. The real question is, how would it sound if it was Christopher Walken <laughs> doing, doing Arnold Schwarzenegger doing it? Are you ready for this? All right, give it to us. Uh, I'll be back. I, I'm about to come. All right? There you go. Oh, the impersonation we know what ours for, but yeah. I forgot anyway. Someone give this man a job. See, Mac, out of curiosity, are there any impersonations that you, no. you're comfortable no. doing uh, at all? Like, uh, you know, do you I'm, want to just I'm, do it? I'm actually notoriously awful at impersonations, aren't I? I can't do an accent. Yeah. I can't. No. So, no, I'm good. All right. I, I can say fish and chips. That's my. That's my oh, okay. <laughs> wow. 
<laughs> my uh, New was, Zealand. Uh, we're in a comedy, everyone. Fish yeah, well done. Yeah. Fish and chips. <laughs> All right, thanks. Yes. <laughs> well, thanks, C Mac. <laughs> Uh, what about you, Ferg? Oh, I don't have too much. I'm not real good in you got impersonations. Any, any impersonations <laughs> under the belt there? How about old mate from, uh, what's that movie? District 9? Oh, yeah. Freaking prawn. Well. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, Ferg, my favourite one, Ferg, that you do is um, the cockroach from uh, Feral's TV that says, it's amazing. Can you do that for us? It's amazing. There we go. Fantastic. That was good. I don't even know who that is. But it sounds like you did it right. Sort of sounds like day. the little the little prawn character from the Muppets, uh, the yeah. Muppet Show. But uh, you know, that's uh, that's very good. All right. Uh, well, well, that was. Uh, and no one got tired for tonight. Pretty I'm large really detail. That. Anniversary special. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, this this week um, we we saw um, the early release of Sons of the Forest on Steam and. Uh, so I decided to jump back into the game which spawned this franchise, End Night Games The Forest. It was released in 2018 and it follows the story of a lone survivor of a passenger jet crash. You find yourself in a mysterious forest battling to stay alive against a society of cannibalistic mutants. Uh, you have to collect a range of different items from the forest to craft a range of different weapons and structures from a survival guide that you uh, have with you from, uh, I think, your son's backpack on the the, the plane. And uh, so I've jumped into this game not really knowing much about what I was going to get involved with. I knew there was a bit of a crafting element and similar to Subnautica, there's a, a requirement for you to go and find food and water sort of continuously throughout the game, which is a real pain in the ass. Mm. Um, but... Uh, what uh, what really sort of took me by surprise? So I jump out the plane wreck. It's daytime. I start, you know, all right. What am I going to build? Start building a, like a little hut, and you know, oh yeah, I can build like a little trap to catch rabbits. And I'm sort of stru- uh, you know putting all that together. Next thing, this dude's running around, covered in blood, and like just sort of running around really <laughs> erratically. I'm like, what the fuck is this? And uh, then old mate just runs up to me and starts wailing on me and so I start hacking him with my axe, you know, take him down and then turn around, there's someone else running around. Scared the shit out of me. <laughs> oh, like, shit, yeah. um, And then, like, after you've hacked him to death with your axe, like, you're covered in blood and a little message pops up at the bottom of the screen saying, uh, you need to wash the blood off before you get an infection. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, so I went and ran into the nearest lake and swam around until the blood was all washed off. <laughs> And uh, so then, like, night night time comes along and all you've got to to light your way is a big cigarette lighter. <laughs> and so you've got that, you've got that, you're holding that on and occasionally it'll, it'll sort of flame out and you've got to, you know, and relight it. And it doesn't really put out much light, as I'm sure you could uh, imagine. Mm. And so you're standing there with the big lighter trying to, you know, build stuff. And then these cannibals are running around trying to trying to bloody kill you and hack into you. And uh, of course, the inevitable happened. They they got me, uh, you know, knocked me unconscious or whatever. Then they drag you through the bushes and you end up in their base and you're like hanging from your feet by a rope when you sort of wake up. And your axe is conveniently just just out of reach, <laughs> so you can grab it and and hack the rope 
and get make your way out and uh it's fucking frightening it's oh, uh yeah. it's a full-on game and it's mm. pretty unforgiving um <clears throat> like i guess the other thing was i was just playing it in single player mode there is a multiplayer mode that you can play as well and so i jumped into that just to give that a go so i could talk about it on the podcast and i ended up joining a game with a bunch of other players who obviously really knew the game quite well and they were putting up like big towers and huge like log fences and stuff like all over the place mm. and uh then i'm standing there and you, one of the resources you can gather is logs and you get them by chopping down a tree and when the tree falls over you get four logs out of it mm. and uh you can build like a little rack to store your logs in back at your base. And I saw this dude and he's like, put two logs in there and then he's picked them up and then all of a sudden like eight logs have like shot out of it. And I'm like, what the fuck's going on here? And he's found some some glitch in the game. and Breeding uh, logs. Yeah. And like, and then he puts the two logs back in and then all of a sudden eight logs like shoot out of it. And I'm like, fuck, what's he doing? And I'm... I picked it up and I'm trying to sort of do, trying to watch what he's doing. I'm trying to do the same thing. And then he sends me a message over PS Plus and he says, uh, oh, if you're trying to dupe logs, you need to put the log in the rack, then spam X and circle like rapidly. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. So I've done that, sp- spam the X and circle, and then bang, like all these logs come shooting out. And I'm like, fuck, that'll be handy if I go back to play the original game now that I know there's this uh, glitch. Yeah, nice. Um, so, yeah, anyway, you can build some amazing structures, but if you were to gather all the wood required to build some of these towers and stuff just properly, fucking take ages, like, because mm. you get four logs per tree and it takes, you know, probably half a minute or so to cut a single tree down. And mm. um, But like all these good open-world crafting games, you know, there's a lot of resources. You gather sticks and rocks and, you know, all sorts of different things you you hunt animals for meat um you can build weapons you can skin lizards and make armor out of it Mm. um so there's a lot of things that you can do to sort of make yourself a bit more robust in this in this world um so yeah i mean you've you've played the forest before haven't you ferg what was your experience with it yeah i've I've played the original um my experience is i thought it was actually a pretty decent game i think like you're sort of saying it does a fantastic job of making that nighttime just truly terrifying. Like the yeah. daylight, the day-night cycle rather is very well done where similar to Minecraft and games like Dying Light, it's sort of when the sun's up, everything's good. As soon as the sun goes down, you are just, compl- your your whole attitude and how you play the game completely shifts. That's when you stand at home just hunkering down until the daylight comes up. So it does a fantastic job of doing that. I actually only ever played in multiplayer with, with friends. So I don't think it's a game I'd, I'd enjoy by myself for the same reasons you mentioned before, like to get all the resources, to build all these different things, just takes so much longer when there's only one person doing it. And what you find is as you're chopping down trees, they don't, when I was playing, they didn't seem to grow back. So Once you sort of get rid of the resources around your base, you have to then start trekking further and then bringing logs back further. And then that even takes more time as well. But I think with the new game coming out and what I'm reading about it, it sort of does two things, which were maybe my criticisms and sort of fixes that. Whereas in the Sons of Forest, they give you this, I think it's like an AI robot to essentially play with. 
So I think that's good for the people that are playing solo. You've got someone that you can sort of lean on for help and I think you can tell him and send him off to do tasks and stuff like that. So I think that ticks that box. And I think the the new Sons of Forest looks amazing. Like it, from what I can tell from the first to the second game, like the step up in the graphics and how good the world looks and stuff like that is, is next level. Um, and the other thing I just wanted to make on Sons of the Forest is kudos to the developer who I, I can't remember who it is, but they came out and said, look, we've got a release date coming up. We're not going to meet it. But instead of delaying it, we're just going to release the game in early access. And I just think that's a fantastic way to go about it instead of making people wait. And I think that also shows their commitment to, you know, continuing to develop the game and the people that are buying it in early access are going to get rewarded by sticking around because they're going to do the game justice um, when it comes out. But yeah, I played it. I enjoyed it. I thought it did a really good night, good job of... Yeah, making it a truly terrifying experience. And these cannibal slash... I don't even know what they are. They're some kind of humans that have been sort of off the beaten track for way too long. Um, Yeah. Yeah, they're proper terrifying. And the different variants of sort of enemies and they... I don't know if you picked up, but the different... I think it's their their war paint that they wear, depending on what colour war paint they've got on is sort of what kind of threat they are, how difficult they are to kill and, and mm. stuff like that. So you're sort of, a, once I sort of figured out, it's like, oh, that guy's got white war paint. He's not so much of an issue. And then you see the dudes rolling with the blue and red stuff and you're like, oh, shit, it's yeah. time to run away. I'm fucked, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Because um, I saw, like, I managed to kill one with my axe and he dropped a club and it was like someone's severed arm tied to a stick with a skull sort of stuck on the top. And you can basically just like wail on people with it like it's a club, you know. <laughs> um, it's pretty, yeah. The weapons and that are pretty sort of gross looking. Yeah. But you go to you go to like the the mutant cannibal camps, and there's just like an arm or a leg yeah. hanging from a bit of a rope. <laughs> um, there's just like body parts like strewn around everywhere, mm. and yeah, it's really quite quite disgusting. But um, and that yeah. that survival, you get to the point where you're like, oh man. I don't have any food. There's no fish. What am I going to eat? I'm like going to pass out here. And then it's like, well, I've just killed this cannibal. I'll throw him on my fire and I'll gnaw on a bit of cannibal leg in the cycle, you know. Might as well make the most of it. (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) Just try to keep alive out here, guys. Do I dare (laughs) ask uh, Steely whether this is one that you've uh, had a look at before or uh, is this one uh, fresh on the radar? (laughs) <clears throat> we're, no, we're uh, too busy breeding animals in Hogwarts Legacy to yeah. play that kind of crap. Mm. I um the furthest I've gotten into the forest is I went to Kaipo the other day because I got a couple of customers up there. So, <laughs> well, <laughs> different forest. <laughs> Very good. No. A few less cannibals. No, I mean um this sounds uh like this sounds like Lost but with cannibals. So it's interesting you say that. That's exactly how the game starts off. You're like in a you know airplane. Yeah. And the plane crashes, and one of the um, objectives of the game is to basically find you. Basically, wake up and come to, and there's no one left from mm. the plane. And you basically you stumble across the list of all of the passengers, and I don't know. One of the objectives or one of the things to do in the game is to go and track down all of the people that were on the flight. And you know, you find them in caves, like JB says, strewn up on ropes and stuff like this. And yeah. But that's that was my first impression. I'm like, I'm playing out lost here. I've just bloody my plane's yeah. crashed on some kind of tropical looking island, and hmm. I wouldn't yeah. mind that. I this like sounds lost. like it would be a good one for VR. 
It's actually. Oh, oh Jesus. I think, I think there is a VR. I think you can. <laughs> maybe. I think. I'd have oh, to look that up. But I'd, I think on PC, I think there might be. I don't, I don't know. know. I, I, be, I, maybe I, not. Find it less intense than something like um like a Resident Evil type mm. game or whatever. It's definitely something that sits within the survival horror genre, but there's certainly more of an emphasis on the crafting side of things. Not only crafting structures and traps and things like that, but also yeah. weapons and armor and stuff like that for yourself. And mm. you're just building it out of shit you find laying around. And it helps that the way that these um, cannibals run and move it's just they're just so erratic like they just it's nearly comical the way they sort of move around and i think that takes out some of the fear of it as well because you're looking at him and you're like what is going on like the dude's just like (laughs) it's just like so erratic in their (laughs) movements it's not like it's a menacing uh yeah it's almost like the ghouls in fallout 4 uh where they just sort of they're just sort of lumbering and then they sort of lunge at you all of a sudden and it scares the shit out of you pretty much yeah Yeah, So so no vr on this one sorry no, but that's all right. But uh, yes, so check out The Forest by End Night Games if you haven't already played it. Um, it's I haven't played enough of it to really give it a, a score, but it's got me intrigued enough to want to go back to it, similar to Subnautica, I guess, in mm. that sense. So uh, if you like that sort of game, you like Subnautica, you like that sort of crafting element like you'd sort of get in like Minecraft or... Um, stranded deep or games like that then this this is definitely one for you to check out so uh, on that note i'm gonna throw to you ferg for for a bit of a bit of a speed round bit of a speed round i've got bloody news coming out my wazoo jb so i'm gonna i've got three news articles i'm gonna rip right through them all right Um, here we go first piece of news comes from telltale games oh (coughs) are they still are they still alive oh my uh well I think they disappeared and then came back, and now they're a thing again. I'm not 100 uh, percent sure on the. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, right. No, no love for, no love for Telltale. Look, I actually. What, what, what do they do? What do they do? So they do. They do basically. I mean, their biggest hits probably been The Wolf Among Us, but they've done Walking Dead, yeah. and they've taken a lot of other popular oh, okay. franchises such as Game of Thrones yeah. and, and then Back they, to the Future and Batman, and they take much beloved franchises like Sam and Max hit the road and they turn them into a pile of shit. <laughs> Uh, with oh, okay, with a yeah. with a yeah. sequel that's virtually unplayable because it sucks so fucking hard. Mm. Um, but anyway, wow. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Like emotional damage. Emotional <laughs> damage. No, I'm just seeing the effect that I'm having on the DG yeah. crew with the amount of negativity towards Telltale Games, the you know the leaders in quick time event gameplay. That's it. <laughs> Look, I, Keep going. I got love for Telltale Games. I, they've definitely got some not so great games, but they've definitely got some classics which I've enjoyed. So anyway, they dropped some news this week as care of their account on Instagram. An important update for The Wolf Among Us 2. We've made the decision to delay The Wolf Among Us 2 out of 2023. Right out of it. So okay. I... Don't know if we had a release date for it, but that means we're at least, and we've just got into March, so we're at least 10 months away and counting. So they continued on and said, we know it's frustrating to hear. We started work on this in 2020 and we're still determined to tell the ongoing story of Bigby and the rest of the Fabletown gang. However, it's going to require more time. As disappointed as we are in hearing this, we feel worse having to say it. But the work continues. We're committed to delivering a sequel that deserves 
deserves and doing what's right for the game while protecting the health of our team. We appreciate your patience and understanding the Telltale team. So, mm. like I said off the top, I think probably their best game in the old, you know, choose your own adventure type stories is The Wolf Among Us, which came out nearly, I think, 10 years actually, 2013, which is a great game. So, this was the long-awaited sequel. We're going to have to wait a little bit longer on that one, unfortunately. Well, yeah, well... Were you horn for uh, Telltale Games? Just Were for, you horn? Just for being them. Mm. Anyway, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll report back next year on that one. Uh, more news. Little game, game of the year last year, the Game Awards, Elden Ring. Mm. So from the team there, we got a Twitter post which said, nothing less or nothing more than rise, tarnish, and let us walk a new path together and up coming expansion for Elden Ring Shadow of the Erd Tree is currently in development we hope you look forward to new adventures in the lands between and that was it, they didn't give us any other information than that other than just saying hey, we're working on an expansion which is definitely exciting for lovers of that game and people that are looking to jump back into that universe look, I might be getting in my head of myself but that word expansion I think I like that word much more than DLC. I think maybe I'm getting ahead of myself, but I think the word expansion sort of lends itself to, as you would say, JB, a bit more meat on that bone. Mm. So I think there's a substantial amount of extra content coming for Elden Ring. In a date, TBC, we don't have any other details other than they're working on it. So stay tuned for that one. Mm. Thanks, FromSoft. And the last bit of news I've got, is it news? It's more of an update. Sony reveals players' favorite PS5 games thus far. So, an article from Game Rant by Sarah Fields. A series of polls reveal how PS fans feel about its games, with Sony announcing the best PS5 game yet, according to players. Okay, what is it? Give it to me. Well, you're going to have a guess? So, hang on. Before, I'll, I'll just keep reading and I'll, let, I'll open up to the floor. But PS5 fans, they got a lot of great games to play over the course of 2022 and more exciting titles are coming to PS5 in 2023. It's a good time to be a fan of the console, especially now that supply issues are dying down and it's easier to buy a PS5. So, Sony recently opened the Player's Choice Best of PS5 polls to gauge how fans felt about the games available for the home console. Four topics were broached. They were... Best indie game, best use of the wireless DualSense controller, best graphical showcase, and lastly, best PlayStation 5 game overall. So here we go, DG Crew. What do we? We'll start with the first one. What do you think the fans voted as the best indie game on PlayStation 5 thus far? Oli Oli World. I'll no. say. Uh, I want to say Cult of the Lamb, but don't know if that's on the money. Nope. Okay. C Mac, I'll give you a hint. Stray? Oh, there it is. Ding, ding, ding. C Mac didn't need the hint. I didn't even think about Stray. Stray. The cat indie game darling of 2022 took home the best indie game. All right. What about the best graphical? Oh, sorry. What's the best use of the wireless dual sense controller? As voted oh, by the Astros fans. All right. Controversially, I'm I'm going to say Astros Playroom. Hey, that's not controversial. Yeah, that's that's I, the winner. That's what I thought. Oh, fuck. Ding, ding. Yeah. Astros Playroom was crowned as making best use of the DualSense controller's capabilities. Which is <laughs> is makes sense because that game was built around mm. trying to uh, show off that controller. So, 
Mm. All right. What about yeah. uh, best graphical showcase? Oh. I mean, the hint, the hint here is that the winner of best graphical showcase was also the winner of best PS5 game overall. God of War Ragnarok. Yeah, I was going to say God of War. Maybe. Hey, we're uh, on fire tonight in our anniversary uh, edition. We're three of three. I'm going to say Elden Ring. That was God of War. Oh, okay. Sorry. I thought you were shaking your head saying it. no. No, I'm just, I just can't believe how good we are at this game. Yeah, Ragnarok. Three out of three. Well done. So, yeah. That's what the fans voted on as their favourite, uh, some of their favourite PS5 games okay. to date. Right. Lovely. That's oh. all I've got for us, JB. Well, thanks for that, Ferg. That's uh, that was an interesting little little tidbit there about the uh, top PlayStation Five games. Um, mm. Probably no real surprises there yeah. if we're we're being honest. Nice to give Santa Monica Studios their due, though. Mm. Um, yeah, mm. brilliant game. I love that roundup, Ferg. That was fucking beautiful. That's it. <laughs> well, it's a perfectly cooked steak. Speaking of Roundup, we've got uh, we've got our, our next uh, segment coming from none other than. Tell me what his power level is. It's over nine thousand. Nine thousand. Stealing. Stealing. Oh, power coming out my veins, out my out the main, out my balls. Out Here the we main go, vein. Yeah. Oh, all right. Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? It's coming, everybody. It's coming. <laughs> it's coming. It is. <laughs> Reddit, Twitter, Twister, Tinder, Maxa, Fiverr, 4chan of all places, mm. all the social medias, all right? All the phones, all the iPads on fire. Yeah, you better believe it. As a massive leak slipped through the proverbial seals of the internet just three days before this week's Pokemon Presents, someone who is claiming to be a programmer at the Pokemon outsourcing at a, at a Pokemon outsourcing company leaked the entire Scarlet and Violet DLC plans prior to the presentation and got everything dead on everything. And this wow. is what they had to say. Here, listen to this. I am no a programmer dick. at no eight balls. <laughs> and probably no butthole since this guy feeds on radiation. Now, you prematurely use this soundbite. This is for a bit of a later bit, JB, but you can use it again. That's all right. Don't worry about it. Get it ready. Itchy oh, fingers. Get it ready. Sorry, I thought, I thought you were yeah. laying the groundwork for me there to uh, throw that in. Sorry, uh, sorry, Steely. No, nah, no. Nah. Oh, that's all right. I just, you know, I'm used to being, um, I'm used to having jokes that of mine just slip through the cracks, <laughs> I, you know? I just, anyway. Okay. Uh, moving on. Um, anyways, here's what he had to say. I am a programmer at a Pokemon outsourcing company. My English is very poor, so I use machine translation to complete this post. Stay with me. Okay. The theme the theme of the DLC is hidden treasure of area 0 and hexagon. 15% version 1.2.0 includes dressable clothes as a reward for DLC purchases. Will include some Pokémon names I can't pronounce. Um these are Paradox Suicune and Paradox Verizon. Um they are a water dragon type and a grass esper type. With the green mask, special terrestrial appearance, the third legendary Pokemon is a large blue turtle. 
all of it, as Casey will tell us in a minute, is in that presentation. All of it. Every single bit of it. But now this is where it gets interesting. Now, I hope you're all sitting the fuck down because I'm about to sweep (laughs) you off your feet like a... Like a brand new Nimbus 2000 set to fucking high-end prostitute mode. So strap yourself in. Oh, all right. All right. We're strapped. Get a condom on. Here we go. We are working on a graphics enhancement patch for the new Nintendo Switch models that will be released alongside DLC 2. Now, tell me. Does any of you know, of course you don't, when DLC 2 is getting released? Just a short, just everybody have a little guess that, and didn't watch the presentation. Ferg? Um, this is for Scarlet and Violet. Yep. yep, 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 yep. Uh, let's say May the 12th. I'm I'm talking about the presentation Yeah. and I don't even know when this is, how much I loved it. Um, <laughs> June. Not bad. <laughs> Must be soon then, JB. Yeah, thanks for that. Uh, I'll say January twenty-four. Oh fucking hell, Jamie. No. <laughs> it's it's gonna be November, everyone. November twenty twenty-three. Oh, now before you tell me machine translation, Simon, taken out of context, Simon, shit the bed, Simon, blah blah blah. Well, feast your sweaty hands on this. The same user. Followed up with a clarification mentioning that the new models they mentioned are indeed new Nintendo Switch models. So like a a successor, not a special edition OLED or a special edition, you know, know, regular Switch. Now, shut your piss holes for a sec. There's more. (laughs) A Chinese factory factory worker walks into a bar. No, no. A Chinese factory (laughs) worker who leaked the Nintendo Switch OLED a couple of moons back was issued a ban from Nintendo of the very legal kind, so quite serious business, their Mm. oddly timed silence would have us believe that after one leak left the pipes, Nintendo, to prevent any uh, any confirmation from this source and to attempt to stop the credibility of the original leak, have effectively tried to prevent it from getting worse. So to put this in Mm. simple terms for everyone playing at home, New Super Nintendo Switch Advance Entertainment System U is just months from being announced and should be hot in our hands this November. So what are you saying Joy that they were trying to stop the leak? They're trying to they stop this this guy talking. So um what so there was this the guy from the Chinese factory he leaked a whole heap of information. I'm, that's not even a joke. This is real. He leaked a whole bit, a bit of information about the Switch OLED before it was announced. Yeah, but I'm saying this guy that's done the Pokemon stuff. He's nothing to do with that guy. He's but a why are you Pokemon up outsourcing company. Because the other guy has been silenced because they are afraid well, have they that silenced? he is going to... No, because if they silence him, it's going to look obvious, right? So they have to and silence somebody leaking. else. To... Exactly. <laughs> Good to, to stop it from getting out. Now, 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 now. Yeah. I reached out to Seaton. Are you ready for this, Joel? Uh, now, yes. I re- wink, wink, <laughs> wink, wink. I uh, I reached out to Nintendo this oh, week to yeah. see if they could give us here at the Discerning Gamer podcast an idea of some of the new features we could expect from the new system. And um, this is this is what they had to say verbatim. Here we go. No dick, no balls. <laughs> Probably no butthole since this guy feeds on radiation. 
effective now. Not effective now that I fucked the joke. But that's <laughs> so there we have it, everyone. Wow. Sounds like there's a there's a lot of leaks over at Nintendo. If only they knew yes. a decent plumber. Oh, <laughs> oh! oh shit. Thank you. Who would Thank be? Oh, yeah. wow. Shit the bed, JB. <laughs> oh. Shit the bed first. We wouldn't happen shit. to be talking about this plumber. Here we go! <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's the one. Yeah, yeah. Wow, exactly wait. the one. Yeah, okay. But, so there we have it, everyone. We <clears throat> ask and y'all receive. Nintendo's coming up with the goods. It's, you know, uh, this is exciting stuff. Yeah. Sounds sounds like a juicy link. Sounds like there's some credibility. You know, he's gone out on the, the Pokemon news and he's got all of that right. And then he's made a follow-up comment around Switches. You seem pretty confident, Steely, that this guy might be uh, spitting facts. Look, I am... I- I, I'm getting balls deep in the in the stats vest of this one. I'm fact heavy. Mm. I'm licking my chops. The balls are. I tell you, if this is not real, I am going to cut off oh my all of my beard hair and just leave the moustache for twenty minutes. <laughs> for twenty minutes, everyone. Wow. That's long enough for my wife to file a divorce paper for me having a moustache. So, so all right. Question cool. for you: If if um if we're to believe that this is all legit, how long before the mm. switch became available to buy did they start the hype train rolling on? How how far in advance did we know about the original switch before we could actually buy one? I can't remember, but I think it was. Fairly quick. So I mean, it was like announced February, released March or something, or announced January, released March. It wasn't that long. So the Nintendo, you. if this is just coming from Wikipedia, uh, oh, must was, be true. So it was <laughs> <laughs> revealed officially announced on October the 20th, 2016. And I think it launched yeah. in most regions on March the 3rd, 2017. So Within six months of it being announced. So so we're talking about a six-month lead time. Mm. And now we're thinking what Nintendo haven't said anything about this new successor to the Nintendo Switch. And we're how far away from it actually launching? Are we we within that six-month window? Not quite. Probably in the next few, three or four months. Is that right? Three months? Well, well, like if we are getting it in November. But this is what I'm saying here is, I mean, let's think about the circumstances a little bit. So the Wii U was a colossal failure. We know that. It was a big failure. (laughs) Well, double the horn. Double the fun. (laughs) Get out. Um, It was a colossal failure. So I think that the hype and, and well, I guess the marketing that led up to the Nintendo Switch probably had to be a little bit more um, lengthy and dynamic if it is going to be a Switch successor that is still along like a Switch 2. It's a number two of that console. I don't think the marketing cycle has to be quite as long. But the problem is as well is that Nintendo's game lineup um, spans right into, I guess, the end of April, start of June, July. That's as far as we know. So Pikmin 4 being the last game we know coming out on the console that's first party developed and there is a big open wide window full of nothing now in my mind if you were to go and announce this information 
before you release a game like Tears of the Kingdom or Pikmin 4, you'd probably, I mean, in my mind, if, if I knew for sure that this was coming out beforehand, I'd almost want to wait until the new hardware before I played either of these games because I want to experience them in the best graphical fidelity possible. So I feel like it would cannibalize sales a bit. Now, mm. is this true? Is this what's going to happen? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe go fuck myself. But the point being that <laughs> um, I think that this this is all lining up for a number of reasons, not just because of the leaks, but because of a very, very empty end of year for Nintendo that's coming up. Um, there's nothing that we know of at the end of the year. I think they're skipping out of E3 because everything that they're going to announce, they wouldn't do it a show like E3. We've not seen consoles get announced at E3 for a long time now. Companies like to embellish that on a particular day of their own choosing. And I think that's what's going to happen. It's going to bloody bang. We're going to get a trailer for it. It's just going to be a lot of the stuff that we've been wanting for since the Switch came out. Um, but you know, not as powerful as a PS5, and then there you go. Bob's your uncle. That's why Hogwarts Legacy has been delayed on it because that motherfucker is going to come out on new hardware and it's going to run a little bit better like the PS4 version would. Well, so <laughs> that's my two cents. Squirtle, squirtle. I, I actually <laughs> hope that it does come out on the new hardware because then the Metacritic score is likely to be yeah. a lot better and uh, for the mm, uh, over and unders uh, <laughs> score. But, uh, yeah, I mean... <laughs> It's it's an interesting one. Um, it'll be definitely a watch this space type scenario, and uh, yeah, it'll be interesting mm. to see whether there's uh, any fire behind this smoke. Mm. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, well done, Steely. That's uh, Day. ten out of ten. Good work digging up that's the uh, bit of that shit. Hey, <laughs> that's well. That's why I have my very own diglet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh you very to get in me. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next, next we're going to throw yeah, over to short and stumpy, uh, just as it should be. We're going to we're going to throw over to Pisty. Um, yeah. Or uh... pissed. <laughs> what, what do you got for us, Pisty? Oh. oh, some pretty some pretty good news. This is pretty exciting news. Um, Give it to us. Pokemon. Yeah, the Pokemon. Fuck, I'm just trying to find it. Because it's so such cool news. Um, Pokemon Presents, guys. Pokemon Presents, which is Pokemon Direct, but called Pokemon Presents, was six days ago. So that was it. Was great. wasn't boring at all. We all loved it so much, and yeah. it happened. So, what was your favourite part, Ferg? Um, <laughs> look. Tell me, tell me, and then just we'll just talk about that. I like that's the, how good it was. Yeah, I like the, uh, what do they call it? I, first of all, I'll tell you what I didn't like. Why are they calling it the Pokemon, what is it, the Pokemon Go Plus Plus? Come on, guys. What, what, are, what is, <laughs> I forgot about this. Oh, my some God, of the, I forgot about that too. <laughs> some of the naming of some of this stuff is, I was just like, <laughs> it's the Pokemon Plus, the word plus, and then the symbol plus. So that, that yeah, plus, had plus. me confused already. But it's... It's kind of interesting that they're going this full Pokemon Go experience, which is turning into this 24-7 type arrangement with their the Pokemon sleep thing. And I, I thought it was kind of interesting. I love how you've actually got an answer for this because I thought, you'd be, I thought I was trying to... 
fuck you. You gave him time to go home and prepare. That's it. No, I did. I actually went home and had a look into it because I'm like, well, if Pisty throws me under the bus, I'm going to be ready. So (laughs) I kind of. I kind of. Look, I, I mean, I played Pokemon Go for a little while back in the day. I thought it was quite cool. I, I think what I like about the whole thing, if it is encouraging, because I saw a comment on, I think it was the YouTube trailer or something, and someone wrote, before Pokemon Game, uh, Pokemon Go came along, I didn't really do much exercise. So Pokemon Go encouraged me to get out of the yeah, house right. and walk every single day. And then the co- following comment was with, well, hopefully with Pokemon Sleep, that'll encourage me to get a good night's sleep. And I thought, you know what, Pokemon, if you're encouraging people to live a healthy and balanced life by that kind of incorporation, I think it's a, it's, it's not a bad thing. I think that's good. So mm. it's... Uh, Pokemon Sleep, the Pokemon Sleep thing, uh, uh, I, I watched it. Mm. I, I don't get it as, a, as, an adult, as an adult person to do this Pokemon Sleep thing. I just, I don't want a phone, like you have to have the phone like next to your head mm. to... to to what is it monitor your sleeping patterns and you wake up and if you've slept well you get a cool pokemon like a good game from insomniac people is it i'm just like (laughs) you know what's really funny this article that i got all this information from press start the whole thing is so sarcastic about the pokemon presents and what are they written here about Pokemon Sleep, um, oh shit, I just had it up, saying um, the idea of the game is to make you look forward to waking up in the morning, which is ironic because the presentation so far has made me not <laughs> want to wake up in the morning. Oh, and I'm wow. like, whoa, <laughs> But honestly, I just had a, a bit of a squeeze at all the things that were, you know, lots of just DLC and expansions for Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, something about championships in Japan for Pokemon Unite. You know, there's going to be new trait trading cards for the trading card game. Give it up. Like, who plays Pokemon anymore, really? Like, do people still do the trading yeah. cards? Freaking 12-year-old kids in, oh, in high school wanting to trade them for blowies in the <laughs> Simon! Jeez. Why do you make everything so gross? Blowflies, everyone! Blowflies! I was just Anyways. about to say, my nephews collect uh, Pokemon cards. Thanks, uh, Steely, for... Uh... Oh, no, well, yeah, but, no, fair enough. Yes. Yeah, my, yes. My Start asking cards. questions if he comes across a bloody holographic Charizard or something, Steely. <laughs> <laughs> so oh I'm, I'm wondering. I'm wondering. So, uh, so you got Pokemon Go that's encouraged people to get out of the house and go and mm. get some exercise. Great idea. Uh-huh. Pokemon Sleep, which is encouraging people <laughs> to either go to sleep, sleep. or wake up. When are they going to launch Pokemon <laughs> Frantic Sexual Intercourse? Uh, I'm wondering. Something um, <laughs> to actually be helpful, huh? Yeah, <laughs> you know, just encourage people the right way to uh, get their daily uh, dose, uh, so to speak. I love that mm. frantic, frantic. frantic. <laughs> that doesn't sound fun at all. Oh, but yeah, really, this direct or whatever the hell present. I don't know. Like, there's a, there's a new Netflix show, Pokemon Concierge, coming out, which looks like a boring piece of batshit. They only show the smallest amount. Whoa, of hang on, hang on, C-Mac. <laughs> Emotional damage. Hey, I love Pokemon, but this just looks too slow. I don't know what it is, but who knows? Maybe something better will come out of it. But you know, just it's on Netflix. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Be good. <laughs> must be good. The paper. Um, yeah, 
I, I don't know. That's pretty much all I got from it was the Pokemon sleep thing where the creepy, it was just a bit of a creepy video of a guy got putting his phone looking like really lovingly at a Snorlax on his phone <laughs> and putting it next to his bed oh, and know. then like, this a, weird a... montage of Pokemon sleeping next to him for the next like minute, <clears throat> and then he wakes up and just creepy smiles at a at a like a I don't know what's Mister Mime or I don't know no it wasn't Mister Mime but just sort of <laughs> sleeping next to him and he's like so he's mm. woken up and he's looking over at Mister Mime <laughs> sleeping next to him is it uh, that's, uh... So, so, oh no it's not no what's the one that's the it's like a no I was gonna say, <laughs> I was gonna lick a tongue but that's not good. <laughs> It looked like a Pokemon. <laughs> oh dear! Something's yeah. He's just got a different sexual partner as a Pokemon every <laughs> minute of the night. Go have a look. It's called Rest Your Rest Your Very Best Pokemon Sleep Video on YouTube. Have a look. It's the teaser trailer. It's it's a bit weird. It doesn't really show you anything about the app, so Went you don't know what this night. is. Went to bed last night. Fuck. with Snorlax. Fucked him, told him to go home, <laughs> and then had sex with a then had oh, sex dear. with a yeah. yeah, it's not not really how I saw my segment going. Go. <laughs> oh, sorry, Pokemon, Pokemon presents. Pokemon presents it was pretty. Oh, it was good. Dear. Pokemon presents. Fuck all. <laughs> Did um, <laughs> C-Mac and Steely, did you guys play Pokemon Scarlet and Violet in the end? No, we haven't gotten it. No. 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 I will wait for the new graphical patch update and then <laughs> some bug fixes and mm. the new hardware, and then I might think about Next game by then. No. Oh, well, yeah. Any, yeah, probably. <laughs> now I'm just imagining, like, uh, Ash, Ash Ketchum lying in bed at night going, oh. <laughs> I wouldn't mind a bit of a head job when he's, he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ash, Ash Ketchum, the fucking eight-year-old boy, Joel, or he just became a Pokemon master? <laughs> well, that happened in the 90s, to be fair, so he's a lot older than an yeah. uh, eight-year-old boy yeah, now. He's, yeah, he's... I don't think people in <laughs> cartoons age the same way as real adult people in the real world, Mr. <laughs> Well, Maybe. don't they? Fuck. Don't they? Shit the bed. <laughs> Maybe that's a question well, we Maggie need to Simpson throw open to our still listeners. still a baby. Uh, is uh, Ash Ketchum old enough to get a head job? Uh, please weigh in. Oh, on... my God. <laughs> Send us an email. Be a part of the conversation. Yeah, well, please you know. Don't. We'd love to know. Oh, dear. Oh, it's hard late, isn't it? This fucking show's off the rails now. <laughs> Oh, 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 dear. <clears throat> oh right, it's finished. We might need a novelty segment to get us back on track, I reckon, yeah. JB. Oh, I think we're going to have to do something. Let's do it. Let's... Well, so let's all right. It. On that note, uh, here's... <laughs> For fuck's sake. Here's the novelty segment. And this week on the Discerning Gamer podcast, we are asking the members of the DG crew what is their favourite open world game. Now, there's quite a significant number of great open world games out there. Um, it's a very, very popular genre for developers who want to create a, a universe for us to uh, play around in. 
Mm. And uh, so, yeah, we're going to ask the question, what is your favourite open world game? Starting with Fergus Fergamon Hamilton, what have you got for us? All right, my favourite open world game. Now, look, there's probably about 10 I could have run with and picked. Um, When we sort of posed this question, I thought, I was thinking my favourite open world, not as opposed to my favourite open world game Mm. per se, but my favourite open world. Mm. Um, So the first thing that came to my mind was Elden Ring of last year, 2022. That's one of the best open world games ever. I gave it my game of year last year. I didn't want to talk about that one because I've already banged on about that. So, you know, of recently, Hogwarts Legacy, what an amazing open world, another fantastic game. Mm. Um, But for my game, I'm going to roll with Red Dead Redemption 2. What an absolute ripper. Now, when I think of fantastic open world games, I think the first sort of questions that I sort of ask myself, and I think if you're playing a game or you're developing a game and you can tick all three boxes and say yes to all these three things, then you're going to be on an absolute winner of an open world game. So the questions and Red Dead Redemption 2 ticks all of these ones. So the first one, does this game give you the freedom to go anywhere and the freedom to do whatever you want. Boom. Straight off the top, Red Dead Redemption 2 does that. You know, this has got a massive, huge, huge map. Um, incredibly varied. So you've got, you know, your mm. snow-capped mountains. At some point in the storyline, you end up on Tahiti somehow. And then you've got, you know, the swamps of the south and and obviously the desert and everything in between. Like, it's such a beautiful place beautiful place to just be in and as far as the freedom to do anything you want well this game really has outside of gunning down the main story characters you can literally do anything in the game and what this game does fantastic world is it's a living breathing world where you get thrown in the situation where you can either be a good samaritan or an absolute shit bloke so you can walk up to pretty much anyone in the world and just shoot him in the head if you want you can come to their aid and help them and so yeah Freedom to go anywhere and the freedom to do anything, tick. The next one is, does this game have compelling reasons for you to want to do the two things I've just mentioned? Do you actually feel like you just want to go wherever you want in the map? Do you feel like you actually want to be there and do whatever you want? And again, it does. It's a beautiful world, fantastic story, interesting characters. We've talked about it before, like, Rockstar and the level of detail and stuff they go to in their games is is insane. And not only outside of the story, there's just and it, what seems like an endless amount of things to do. So, you know, you've got all your challenges. You can go hunting. You can go fishing. You can sit at the blackjack table for hours on end. You can go and play poker. Um, And, yeah, just the level of detail, like I said before, it feels like you're living in a, in a actual world where people within the game are going about their days and you can just step in and interrupt or walk into any kind of conversation and feel like it's actually like a real life setting. Um, it's Fuck, so I good. I feel like I want to go and play it right now. Yeah. And that is a nice little segue to the last question is, does this game make you want to stay in this world for a long period of time? And even after the story's finished, and furthermore, does it want to make you to come back and enjoy the experience again? And Red Dead Redemption 2, absolutely. Like, this is a game which I bought it when it came out in 2018, and I've gone back and played it again from scratch. And it just feels like it hasn't aged a day. 
and it feels like the exact mm. same amazing experience as it was the first time. And, you know, like I said, I'm big on getting value for money and getting hours worth out of games. And I think if you were going to finish the main story as well as all the collectibles, if you wanted to 100% this game, you're looking at 70, 80, 90, 100 hours easy. There's a lot of content. Like, there's so much stuff to do. And, yeah, I just, yeah, just, it's one of those absolute masterpieces 10 out of 10 games and just yeah yeah absolutely love it just out of curiosity uh what did it actually score on metacritic do we know what red dead redemption Not off the top of my head actually pulled pulled off because uh, you'd think it'd be a 10 out of 10 um sort of game but uh, quite often even though you think a game deserves 10 out of 10 it doesn't necessarily mean that it did but it'd have to be right 97 up. Oh, 97% on PS4. Yeah, with 99 yeah. So critical critic scores. So 97, that's yeah. the same as we were talking about last week, Breath of the Wild. Fuck, it'd have to be one of the <clears> one <throat> of the highest out of games of all time. Oh, surely. shit, yeah. It's got to be up there. Yeah. So, yeah, I've jumped back and I've been playing it. I was playing it just before Hogwarts Legacy come was released. So I was playing it not that long ago and... Again, I've just jotted down a couple of just three scenarios that I've come across in game, which sort of I think does a good job of expanding those three points I'm talking on. Mm. So, Tell us. the first one is train pulled up to the train station, and I got on it, and I thought, I wonder if I can stay on the train and go around the whole map. So for 15 minutes, I just watched my character just go around the whole map on the train, and I was like, "Yep, it, you can." And the game's full <laughs> of. That's maybe not the best example, but it's it's a game that sort of it poses a question to you and it gives you the curiosity to be like, oh well, let's see what happens. Like you don't feel like you there's some kind of wall amongst a lot of things. Like you can literally do virtually anything. Like you can just stroll into town and be like, oh, I wonder what happens if I just go into the sheriff's office and shoot him, in shoot the someone, yeah, and just see what happens. And shit happens. And there's you know oh, a yeah. scenario that plays out based on all of the choices you make in the game. Must have been an absolute cut of a game to program. Like, there's oh, yeah. that many different... Whoa! <laughs> See <laughs> one! Hey! Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> oh, sorry, that one... Uh, slipped in. <laughs> slipped off the, the tongue. Hide there. your kids, hide your wife, lock up your daughters, lock up your brothers and sisters. <laughs> wow! That's all right, I'll, I'll bleep that out in post. Um, it, it must have been very difficult to... Uh, mm program i imagine mm, um, for sure trying to account for all those different scenarios that are going to happen well, that's it um and another thing i loved about this game this living and breathing world there's for an example there's i think i was riding around i came across a guy and he's like stop help me so like, oh, i've been bitten by a snake and i think you can either just leave him there to die or you can actually i think you could give him some first aid whatever the tonic's called or you could suck the venom out of his leg and i was like oh well that seems like an interesting choice i'll do that and he's like, thanks, mate. I think I'll be all right. And I did not think about that character for about three hours. And then next thing, I stroll into a town on my horse and old mate's like, hey, it's me. You helped me with the snake bite. You sucked the venom out of my leg. You're a lifesaver. Here, go to the gun shop and treat yourself to a gun. And I was just like, this is insane. Like Fuck yeah. Stuff like that in the game is just unbelievably creative and clever and just, yeah, awesome. Um, another interesting one was at a point in the story, you, um, you move to like the Northeast part of the map 
and it's sort of populated by all these sort of off the grid. I don't even know what they are. They're sort of, you know, rednecks living out in the sticks. And I was like, oh, you know, I'm going to cook something and I'm going to camp here. And there's a, you basically get woken up by having a sleep by a few of them. And they're just like, hey, you're in our part of the world. You can't camp out here. This is your last warning. Don't ever do it again. And I was like, who the fuck are these guys? They're like, they, yeah, this scenario plays out where you tell them like, oh, I'm just passing through. It's all good. And they get up and they're walking away from you your campfire and i was like nah i'm not copping that eh so i've just pulled out my shotgun <laughs> and i've shot them and killed them and then arthur morgan's like that's what you get I f-, he says something along the line that's that'll teach you to mess with me i camp wherever i want to camp and yeah. i'm just like that could have played out in any kind of scenario i could have just been like oh shit i better not camp there again but for whatever reason i was like nah man i'm a badass i can't wherever it is and then after <laughs> i killed these guys i got the dialogue from the character being like I'm going to camp wherever I want. You can't tell me not to camp here kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. It's just unbelievable. So, anyway, a couple of highlights in a game to sort of show off, I don't know, just the level of detail. And like you said, there's, there's so many... And programming, how do you do that? Just the, the amount of lines of dialogue. And we've been talking about Hogwarts Legacy. It's doing all the rounds on, on social media of people sort of, you know... How about that flu lady? She says the same thing 8,000 times. And Aww. if you've played the game for more than five hours, every time all roads leave to Hogsmeade. What Hogs are you made. up to now? Yeah, all oh, roads geez. lead to Hogsmeade. Oh. If you go to a cave that someone was there before you, it's like, I can't believe old mate left this chest here. And then you go to the next one. I can't believe he left his chest here. And it's just like, it gets, anyway, that's fine. But in Red Dead Redemption, I would find myself just standing around characters and just listening to their dialogue. Like, there's so many great moments in the game where, Everyone in the gang, something will happen and everyone's sort of celebrating around the campfire and I'll just go and stand next to people and just listen to them and they would just talk for like, just forever, like nearly indefinitely. You'd sit there for 10 minutes and they'd be having a full-on conversation and you're just like, how long is this going to go for? Mm. They're acting, it's just unbelievable. So anyway, I'm starting to ramble a bit here. Red Dead Redemption 2, what a fantastic game, 10 out of 10. Yeah, well done Red Dead Redemption 2. Well, thanks for that, Ferg. Um, so next, uh, Steely, what's your favourite open world game? Well, you know what? Um, I loved the sound of Ferg's drum so much that I decided I wanted to beat it too because fuck me, <laughs> we fuck wow. Well. I picked Red Dead 2 <laughs> and... Um, look. <laughs> Great but, minds think alike. Honest to goodness, just just to champion everything that Ferg said, in, in a lot of ways, what I find the most exciting thing about open world experiences is whether or not a game like Ferg said as well has the the chance to almost play out like a living, breathing, real world. What I found amazing about this experience is the fact that I was constantly being surprised by things that didn't make me go, oh, my God, they put that in the game, but, oh, my God, did that just happen? Like, it didn't even make me think twice about the fact that I like I was playing in a world that, you know, f- for example, one thing that really caught us by surprise, I think the first time that I ever really grasped how exciting and alive the world was, was we pulled up on the side of the road and this guy was having trouble with, like, his horse or something, 
And he was just like, oh, hey, man, can you help me with my horse? And I got off my horse to go and help him. The horse just kicked him in the head and killed him. Mm. That's right. <laughs> and I was just like, I was like, what the actual fuck? We both just started laughing. Laughing. Yeah, because it, it just looked so ridiculous. <laughs> it was just mental. Like, and I just thought, oh, I just thought, yeah, you know, typical open world game. There's gonna be some fucking fetch me a bandage side quest. Nothing like that, <laughs> you know. Did and you, did you loot him, that- Steely? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Dead. What's he going to do with his bloody 12 shillings? <laughs> All gold is Spend required. it on a bloody cock ring? My God. Um, oh. Anyway. It had uh, to but, be a cock ring, didn't but, it? So, yeah. Yeah. But I hopped onto, like, hopped onto his horse. The horse had good stats. Took his horse with me, put it in the stables. But you know what I mean? Like, in, in mm. a lot of games, that would have been some really blando boring side quest that you do because you want the xp and you're just doing it because you have to you're going through the motions where in a game like that it's able to just okay i'm gonna hop off this horse because i want to go and get the reward of the money while he's dead (laughs) all right um i'm gonna get his money i guess i'll take the horse like there's nobody else around here that just caught me by surprise so much and i think that you know it's it's hard for games to nail that it's not often games do that certainly no moments like that for me in hogwarts legacy i'm enjoying that a lot but it's quite clear that there are some extremely stark contrasts between those games hogwarts legacy i think in a lot of ways if you were to, to compare the two i mean they're both open world games obviously cut with a different cloth but um hogwarts legacy i think focuses so much on developing a world that we all understand or have come to know um, via, you know, a different pathway, you know, whether it be the books or the films, implementing all of that detail into that world and all of the different little things that can be done. And uh, I think that the, the detail that was put into just how it looked, I think there was then a lot lost by how the world lives um, mm. Just like what you were saying, Ferg, you hopped on a train. You wanted to see where that train would go. Um, just before, Casey and I were playing Hogwarts Legacy and Casey followed Sebastian Sallow up some stairs. Um, after, after a mission, he was waiting outside of a, a part, outside of this mission. Followed him up the stairs and he literally walked up two flights of stairs and back down again. Like he had just <laughs> forgotten his bloody cock ring or something. <laughs> yeah, I was, a bit, I was a bit disappointed. I was, I was kind of hoping he would go into like the Slytherin common room or something, yeah. you know, just go somewhere or do something. But he obviously was programmed to go up the two flights and obviously the player won't follow him. Yeah. I followed him because I'm, I'm I'm creepy like that. Yeah. <laughs> and then he just went back what down do like the stairs. To do now? <laughs> <laughs> to go up and down the stairs and you know then i saw him later on he didn't even acknowledge me i'm like mate we've been through a lot yeah, together <laughs> exactly but this is a main character in the story as well this is the thing that i find most baffling is that just like again we were talking about the guy that you suck venom out of his leg and then a couple of hours later he's in town and he he recognizes you and and, and says thank you and does something for you Fucking Sebastian Sallows, I've basically been doing all this shit with him. I'm not <laughs> going to supply any spoilers here. I've been running high and low to help his bloody, you know, his fucking disease-riddled sister or whatever. <laughs> and 
I see him in the middle of the the hallways at Hogsworth, and he just acts like that I've gone and fucking you know Hogsworth. texted about him behind his back on a fucking owl. Like it just doesn't talk to you, <laughs> doesn't acknowledge that you exist, doesn't wave, doesn't try and you know doesn't slap your ass on the way through. <laughs> What's going on here? Yeah. You know, and I just I find that 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 alone makes certain aspects of that game jarring. Whereas I find that if you can develop characters that you wouldn't even expect to communicate with you or to to show that the world is living and and provide that extra step, I think that's why no matter what I've always thought my favorite experience is Red Dead Two because even in a game like you know. Breath of the Wild, which I love and I adore, I could go back and just walk around in that world forever. There is no game that I've ever been so surprised by and so um, like taken aback by as as Red Dead Two. Um, just an absolute triumph in game making in in a genre that can often be bloated and void of any kind of care put into it, just because there is a whole amount of substance being put in in busy work you know um i feel like open world games are just busy work and i i find that when they can do it properly they can just be such incredible experiences so um it's red dead 2 all the way full stop no doubt that that, no ta- that tailing thing's a really good example because there's heaps of missions in red dead where the guy will be like well i'm heading back to camp do you want to ride with me and you can say no. And then again, this is one of the other things. I'm curious to see what happens if I say no and where this character goes. You watch him. He'll go all the way back to the camp by himself. And I mm. feel like yeah. that's what Rockstar do with a lot of their games. They ask that question continually. And a few, oh, I don't know how many episodes that You were talking about Red Dead with shooting the barrels, JB. Mm. And it's this thing. They're like, well, what happens if someone in our game decides to do this? And they got an answer for mm. it, whereas that example in Hogwarts Legacy, it's sort of like no one's asked the question, what happens if this person is going to get tailed after the mission? Do we need to do something? Or they just, no, mm. they don't answer that question. That's something that Rockstar does very well. They just sort of anticipate player and the hundred and ten, like the 110 times I've gone back to Jay Pippin's potions and that fucker <laughs> keeps telling me, <laughs> Oh, thank you so much for delivering this fucking portion yeah. <laughs> to that bitch that I don't like. Shut the hell up, mate. Like, how many times do you want to say thank you? I get it. You it was three weeks ago, buddy. You avoided an awkward situation. Can I buy something and leave this shop now, please? Like, oh. Uh, annoying. I mean, Joel and I were having a yeah. good giggle the other week about Hogwarts Legacy. I think it's one of the um, Deke, you do a mission for him. And it's, you know, again, without giving spoilers away, you come back with a less than favourable uh, sort of news for him and you sort of tell him and he's yeah. like, oh, I'm so sad. And then the next line of dialogue is it goes, it reverts back to, oh, can, Deke, can you change the ambience of the room? And it's sort of like, <laughs> yeah, you, at, least, at, least, at least Deke should be like, oh, look, I need a bit of time to deal with this information and maybe that's unavailable. He does say that, but... And then yeah, you just says, ask him. Yeah, oh, does he? He says... Uh, Deke would like to yeah, be alone for a while, please. And then, then you he goes immediately back to walks straight up to him and he's, uh, Deke thinks you, you should be proud of all the potions you've made. Like, yeah, thanks, Deke. Nice one. This this game is riddled with these problems, though. Like, there was somebody who heard her brother was dead and you go and tell her that you've had to kill him because he was bad, like yeah, something happened right. to him, he became a monster. And she's like, oh, my God. 
in the exit cutscene, she's just scribbling down some notes on it on anybody. <laughs> she's like waiting for customers. You go up and talk to her, and at least when you talk to her, she says, "Oh, thanks for blah blah blah. What can I get for you?" But it's like, fucking woman, your brother's. You just found out your brother's dead. Like, go grieve. Shut yeah. the shop for a couple of minutes. Like it is. <laughs> like it is not. You are not that desperate for currency that you cannot just go and and grieve for a minute. Like this, if the game was to do that, I'd be like, yeah, fuck yeah, Hogwarts Legacy. High five. Well done. But there is just so much missing. You know what I mean? But, yeah, anyway. Anyway. I think that's the big difference why it's, uh, you know, what, what what did it score? 83 out of 100 on Metacritic? Yeah, I think it was yeah, mm. about that. That's why it's an 83 out of 100 game and not a 97 out of 100 yeah. game, you know. Mm. Uh, yeah. Still a great game, 83, but not an ex- exceptional game, you know. Mm. So, yeah. but yeah. still plenty of uh, fun to be had there mm-hmm. with the old uh, Hogwarts Legacy. Mm. Old HL. Oh yeah, yeah. You definitely have to turn a bit of a blind eye to some of that stuff. Um, hmm. which, oh, we just laugh now. That's so yeah. funny. It, I mean, I've had a few giggles on on similar things. I think when we first were giving our impressions, I think the comment I had was the actual main storyline, cutscenes, and dialogue, and all that stuff's really good. But then when you're just out in the world, running around, and just talking to people on the fly, it's very robotic and. It just, yeah, like you said, Steely, it doesn't feel like a living and breathing room world, sorry. It feels like, I don't know, just people existing and reading off a script. It feels very, very scripted, yeah. Yeah, to feel scripted, that's a great way to... Yeah, that's it. Yeah, Not that it feels lifeless, it just feels a bit scripted, yeah. Whereas in Red Dead, it feels a lot more organic. Well, it just feels like the stuff you stumble upon is by chance. You feel like... and. You go, like, the guy getting kicked by the horse is a good example. After you see something like that, you're sort of like, well, what else will I see? And then even after 50 hours, you're sort of like, I bet you this whole map is just riddled with just different things like that. And everyone's having a different experience. And then when we come together and, you know, do a podcast like this, we've all got completely different experiences in the same game. Like, I saw someone mm -hmm. get kicked by a horse. I sucked venom out of some dude's leg. I saw a a little clip of Red Dead Redemption on TikTok where you rock up at this dude's house there's this big fat dude and his wife there and they drug you and then he roots you up the arse and then like kicks you out and uh, <laughs> and you can go back there and shoot him later on if you want to but uh, wow you know <laughs> it's pretty full on uh, I don't remember that yeah, I didn't stumble across that guy yeah mm. but uh, yeah anyway so, remember that. Nah, are you sure you were looking at videos of Red Dead 2 JB or are you just uh, popping just, through your bloody Incognito mode on yeah. the, just just a bit of fun on your you nearest know. browser. Come on, nothing like a bit of sodomy to lighten the mood. Uh, all right, well, uh, thanks, uh, Ferg, for uh, uh, stealing. Sorry, stealing this time. Yeah, sorry, I'm a bit confused. You've both done the same game. Uh, uh, yeah, well, about... we didn't talk about this beforehand, so uh... yeah. What about you, yeah. C Mac? Are you going to do the same fucking game as well? Or, uh, Red Dead? <laughs> yeah, why not? Why not? Do you know what's funny? Simon and I were sort of fighting over Breath of the Wild and Red Dead, and he's like, what do you want to do? And I said, oh, I'll go Breath of the Wild, you do Red Dead, because that's how close they are for me as well. But I'm not going yeah. to talk about Red Dead anymore because it's done to death now. Mm. So You could say good. it's done to Red Dead. It's, it was good game. <laughs> that's an amazing game. But, yeah, I don't know. Breath of the Wild still for me, I know it's not hugely popular with you guys, but amazing game still. Like, I just find, for me, the just being able to go up to any surface and be able to climb it without any 
yes. <laughs> you know, any kind of barriers was incredible. Like I can go to anything and just climb it. You can go anywhere. Mm. It was just incredible to me and just little mm. tiny Easter eggs here and there. And there's just so much to open and explore, like, you know, catching horses and all of that and keeping them in stables and mm. going around the world like that. I think, yeah, it was just a brilliant game. I don't know. I don't want to go on about it too long because we'll be here all night, but I'm excited for Breath of the Wild 2 because I feel like it's going to be quite similar, but with some improvements. So I still, I agree with lots of people who love the game. And yeah, it's just, I've never played such an open world game like that kind before. Yeah. And yeah, like I said, just being able to go absolutely anywhere with no restrictions, like there's not anything really, except for mm. I don't know, when you go into the really, really hot or like a lava place, mm. you needed to have special gear that you had to wear. That was the only kind of restrictions you would have, but you'd have to go find, you know, the yeah. correct gear to wear for that. So yeah, I'll I'll say Breath of the Wild and Red Dead. <laughs> like what you said, Ferg, um, you know, can you go everywhere and do anything you want? I think that with with Breath of the Wild, that's where is that's the place it excels. You know, you actually can go anywhere. You know, and every you can climb every any surface. It's kind of a bit of a surprise to me, which is which is excellent. It's not just an open void of nothing. Mm. There's always something popping up, or a little puzzle, or a um, water for your exploration. Yeah, or mm. a, what do you not, not dungeon? What were they called? Those little things they had the there. Shrines, the shrines, yeah. or you had to find little Korok seeds. They were just absolutely riddled everywhere. Like it was just yeah, really fun and huge time waster mm. <laughs> like we, we could still play it now if we wanted to there's mm. more to do so yeah Easily. yeah yeah but could uh link get drugged and then sodomized by a hillbilly and his wife uh, <laughs> uh, somewhere that's, behind that's Hyrule that's Castle. Why, like, i can't i can't say for sure it's my favorite because yeah that doesn't have that element unfortunately i mean that no. that would have just put it over the top yeah. i think yeah. yeah, that would have made a hundred Metacritic, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> but you, I mean, in a different vein, Link could be walking down the road and meet somebody on the track, and they'd be like, "Oh, please help me! Um, I've I'm dying of, you know, butt warts." Okay. And then, and then he's like, "Okay, like, well, Link doesn't talk, but you're like, yeah, I'll help you." And then they're like, "Yeah, not until I fucking avenge the Yiga Clan," and they turn into an enemy, and you're like, "Wow." That happened when that first happened, you know, mm. like I was talking to somebody and they told me they were part of the Yiga clan and they were preparing me for death. I was like, oh, fire out. This is really, really cool. I never would expect this in a Zelda game. Mm. It was great. But there you go. Bit of surprise there. And then the Epana rocks up and <laughs> kicks him in the head and they die. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's a fan- right. fantastic. I actually really, really enjoyed Breath of the Wild. I know I've been a bit, maybe a bit salty towards the Switch as of late, but that's a fantastic game, similar to a lot of the games we've talked about. Mm. I think the highlight of that game was just climbing to the top of one of those mountains and just looking in four mm. different directions and being like, which way should I go? And just being like, mm. fuck it, I'm going to go over there and see what's on that side of the map and just going off there. It's it's the worlds where you get lost without any objective, which is which shows how good and is a testament to a good open world where you just end up just wasting time, just walking around aimlessly not trying to achieve anything except yeah. for just explore and see what's going on in another part of the map. So and I find I'm yeah. doing that in Hogwarts Legacy as well. So mm. I think they've done a good job there, but I find I'm really exploring a lot and because yeah, it's easy sure. to traverse around the world. Like if Link had a broom, perfect. <laughs> That's it. That's the game I want. <laughs> Link on a broom. They're done. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I... I this I had... year, please look forward to Link on a broom. <laughs> 
I had Breath of the Wild that, too. That was a, that was the first title I bought for the Switch when I bought mm. the Switch all those years ago, and yeah, I, that's right. I loved it. I, I'm, but I, I feel like it's kind of been a bit long between drinks now, and I'm not so certain I want to jump back into that pool again because uh, there's a mm. lot of stuff that's come and gone, you know, from then till now. But uh, your lack yeah. of faith is disturbing, JB. <laughs> well, yes, but I think uh, the only gripe I had with that game was just weapons breaking on me. That got to me a little bit. See, but, I liked it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like it either. But I do. I like it. Well, yeah. the ball's hardened. I don't mind that mechanic, no, but it just seemed story. like I'd get in about two different battles, and then all my shit was broken and. I don't know. I picked up these fancy swords, and I'd be like, "I just want to use this fantastic sword all the time, but I got to be conservative with how I'm using it because it's going to break." And that's probably the, probably the only thing I didn't enjoy out of that game, if I'm being honest. That's probably the only thing I didn't quite like. But each their own. Mm. You say you liked it, mm. Steely. I thought it was a good um, way of doing it. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Well, all right. I mean, I liked the mechanic. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I keep talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, all right. So, <laughs> thank you for that, C Mac. I'm uh, very uh, happy that you uh, enjoyed that game so much. Uh, the, yeah. the game that I want to talk about, um, I'll give you give you a hot clue. War, war never changes. Mm. Fallout Back Four. In. Fallout. Not a perfect game by any stretch, but uh, I'm going to say it's definitely one of my favourite games, favourite open world games, in fact, because there's a number of things that kept me wanting to go back to that world, and I've actually gone back and played it again like a couple of times now. And one of the things that I liked straight off the bat was... There was multiple different paths you could take to finish the story. So you could side with the Brotherhood of Steel and finish it that way. You could side with the Institute and finish it that way. You could side with the Railroad and finish it that way. Um, there was all these paths that you could take and they were all very distinct and very very sort of individual ways of finishing the game and yielded very different results. So I loved the fact that even though it was a fairly linear game in that respect, it it also gave you a, a bit of choice as well. I loved the crafting elements in Fallout 4, being able to build build up your bases, build up your supply lines, um, be able to craft guns, armor, um, all of that stuff. And, and not only that, but being able to upgrade just stuff that you're finding out in the wastes with screws and glue and rubber and all of that shit. And then having to come up with ways to, to sort of stockpile those things on mass so that you had them when you wanted to do crafting that was that was great um like building the the big water purifiers and having to have generators mm. and ring up the wires and all mm -hmm. that it was just it was just awesome like so much thought had gone into that from bethesda not to mention like what they did in terms of fleshing out the fallout universe like you knew that everything that happened in fallout happened after this big nuclear war but they, I guess, had the foresight to say, all right, well, let's show the player what it was like before mm. the bombs fell and let's start the game at that point in time so you can actually live through that experience where mm. you go from this this very 
pristine sort of family life, 1950s style USA. Mm. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, you know, what's going on? The, You know, we're getting air raid sirens. And, and then all of a sudden you see that flash off in the distance where one of the nukes has detonated and then another one and another one. Mm. You're just like, fuck. And you can actually feel that panic inside of you mm. like that you would feel if you were actually there and rushing to get inside the vault where you're protected from the all the the damaging radiation and everything like that the way that they did that was just so good like mm. it did such a great job of of instilling that anxiety in the player of oh fuck, i've got to get to mm. the vault i've got to get safe i've got to get away from the bombs and the blasts and all of that so Fallout 4 just did an amazing job of that. I loved all the customizing that you could do of the power armor, um, how you could upgrade different things. So you had like the blood pump that would uh, like filter like food and stuff, like so you could eat dirty food and dirty water and it wouldn't give you the, the radiation, radiation effects mm. and uh, just all of that stuff. Like they just did an amazing job. And then some of the stuff that, that they threw in there that was just really like bizarre like the syringe rifle mm. where you can basically mix up cocktails of different chemicals like a braxo cleaner and shit like that mm. put it in a syringe and then fire it into a death claw <laughs> and have the death claw just literally have all its joints lock up and it just falls down and it can't move like it's just so bizarre and mm. so so fallout like it's just yeah uh, like i think Fallout 4 was just such an amazing job. It's such a shame that Bethesda tainted the franchise with um, Fallout 76 um, <laughs> after that. But um, I think off the back of Fallout 4 being such a great game to play, like I'm interested to see how Starfield's going to go. But also if they ever decide to do a Fallout 5, like that's an exciting mm. thing too. It's such a cool universe. Yeah. It's awesome. Like it's... Um... And it's one of those things, there's so much scope to sort of take it anywhere. Like the next game could be set in any part of America or, but I don't know, they might go internationally. But you think about Fallout 3 was in DC, 4 was mostly set in Boston, like in that Massachusetts area. And you yeah, know, you had uh, Fallout New Vegas. Vegas, which was obviously Vegas and that. And I think what I loved about those games, we were talking about that this morning, JB, is Fallout 3. I actually went to washington dc i went to america in 2012 i think which was a few years after the game had come out but after going on that trip i played fallout 3 again and just being able to go to the same places that i went to on my holiday within the game and see what it would look like in a post-apocalyptic world was really cool like going to all the smithsonian museums and the different memorials and stuff and so i think in fallout 4 it's one of the main towns is in the the baseball, I can't remember what baseball team it is, but it's set within the baseball stadium of that franchise and stuff like that. So that stuff's always cool. Sort of, you know, seeing what the future may look like after a crazy event. And you make a really good point about the beginning in comparison to some of the other games. Was it Fallout New Vegas? You basically get shot and left for dead in a ditch and that's all you sort of get to start the game. Whereas that one, it sort of gives you a different context. And like, you're right, you, you know, the bombs are falling and you're running up the hill in a mad dash to try to get to the vault and things are unfolding. It starts off like a normal day with nothing to worry about and things change pretty quickly. So, uh, yeah, I, one of my favourite series of all time. I really enjoyed Fallout 4 and like I said, I'm excited to see. That was the first sort of Fallout game where they had that customization and, the and you know, 
the base building and just seeing what they do with that and how they expand on that in Starfield will be really interesting. I think that'll be super cool. So I really enjoyed that as well. I spent a lot of time, you know, doing up my bases and doing all different things and making them self-sufficient. I like that management side of things. So it'll be cool to see how they do that in Starfield and what kind of spin they give it being in outer space. You know, you know, I, I, um, I shit on like quite openly. I shit on Bethesda a little bit for their, I think lack of, and uh, look, don't, don't take this to heart. Anyone that enjoys Bethesda, their lack of polish, I think their their games are probably famously known to have a little bit of a lack of distinct polish. Mm. But what I think is like to to second what Joel said about um that anxiety that's developed at the very start of the game, I think it takes a, a great understanding of knowing how to carry a sequence like that. Um to know how to develop that anxiety in the player where you treat it with a lot of sincerity and, and care. You know, um, I remember that part of that game and I, I didn't play a lot of Fallout 4. Um, don't get me wrong. It's it's not something I played a lot of, but that opening sequence, just as you were describing it, Joel, it sticks in your mind. It's one of those things, you know, and I, and, and I think it's because it's it's kind of, in a weird way, it's a very real thing put into this hyper hyper kind of universe, this very mismatched universe. But because we recognize the real thing, it makes you then feel like something really, you know, terrifying is happening. You know, it's not like some alien monsters following you in a spaceship or whatever. It's like, whatever, fucking big whoop, I'm never going to be in space, you know, like for, for at least my own lifetime. But something so real like that, it just keeps bringing back that urge of reality into it and it makes you feel so stressed about it. The thing that I'm like, not that, again, I'm probably not going to play Starfield, but the thing I'm excited to see if they can nail this or not is because, look, just a bit of a fun fact about it, everyone, for, for me here, I'm terrified of black holes. Don't ask me why. Uh, anytime I watch a video on YouTube about black holes, anytime I I think about the existence of black holes in the universe, it terrifies the living shit about like out of me. I don't know what it is. I think when when I was in school, they talked about how somebody in a in a lab was trying to develop a black hole to see if it was something they could do in a science lab. And um, you know, one of the teachers said that you know it could be happening right now. We could get sucked into the black hole at any moment because when it develops, it will just keep swallowing uncontrollably, and we will be all dead, and you wouldn't even know. That terrifies the <laughs> living. Oh, shit days. out of me year three signs now <laughs> pretty much and i'm st- like i don't know if it spans from that but what i'm ex- <laughs> what i'm really interested to see is that in a game like starfield how like like what you said jb the crux of what i'm trying to say is it, it, to develop that anxiety in the player of that very real thing happening in a very unreal situation is how do they then tailor that to space? And then how do they develop that same anxiety from the player? I've got to avoid that because I'm going to get lost in it or, you know, it's going to completely destroy me or, you know, get sucked into a black hole. Like that terrifies me. And I'd love to see that emulated in a game in a way that shows the expanse of space and then makes me feel stressed about having to avoid it. You know, I don't know. There's something weird about that 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 I think, I'm excited to see them do it. And I, mm-hmm. you know, 
Uh, I don't know. I, I just think that Bethesda do that well in those kinds of games, and I'm excited to see what they do with it, even though I don't really care for their games, yeah. if that makes sense. Well, yeah, I agree with everything you've said. Mm. Um, but uh, just on a side note, I wanted to give uh, a couple of extra points to Bethesda for having Codsworth be able to actually say your name uh, depending on whatever you make it in the game so yeah i actually said it to to my real name yeah. to joel is mr joel you know and i was like oh, fucking hell. Uh, and i i wasn't actually sure if i was hearing things right i'm like oh yeah yeah um but yeah that was a cool nice little little touch. little touch that they mm. uh, threw in there so mm. uh yeah. All right. Well, that's about all the time we have for this week on the Descending Gamer podcast. I'd like to thank, in no particular order, the DG crew, starting with Fergus Fergamon Hamilton. Uh, thank you, Ferg. Thanks, JB. Always a pleasure, mate. And uh, next, uh, thank you, Simon Steely McLaughlin. Thank you, JB. One whole year, can you believe it, everyone, of me passing on wisdom to you, the listeners, with um, a little bit of advice here. Always make sure you bring a pocket knife when you're walking down a dark alley where you think you might get fucking taken home in a van. <laughs> Thanks, Steely. <laughs> Just bring one in case. And uh, last Lick it before you slip it. I should have stuck with that. Yeah, yeah. You missed your, no, you missed your chance now, mate. Uh, last but not least, thank you, Casey C. Mac McLaughlin. Yeah, thank you very much. What a m- 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 monster show! A monster show, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit of a it was a bit of a big one. <laughs> nice one. It's very late. All right. <laughs> well done. And uh, we thank you, listeners, for listening to us for a full twelve months. And uh, here's to another twelve. We'll see you, you. next week. Bye. See ya. Yeah. Um, where you leave, I will follow. Any, anywhere, and another 12 months to be me. If you need me to be on this podcast, I will do it. Oh, oh.